0: Hello and welcome back to the History of the British Isles. I am not putting out the second part of the Christmas series. Anglo-Saxon Christmas is even less documented than Roman Christmas. Plus, I I underestimated my ability to procrastinate. I feel like it's a bit too late for it now, though. Before we start episode 3, I would like to say that I know there are problems with the website. They will be fixed in time it's all coded so some glitches are expected with the homepage i just need to move to move some files around to make it work properly now let's get into episode 3 the beaker culture in this episode we will be covering Bro- the bronze age in britain the bronze age arrived in britain around 2000 bc um, bce and was characterized by the development of long barrows and henges, as well as the development of British society and Britain's economy. Just as in Mesopotamia and the Near East, the Bronze Age saw, saw the growth in more advanced settlements and leadership structures, as well as the development of a more united identity among the, British, among the Britons and Irish. This identity was not unified on a large scale, but a small one. Britons and Irish would identify with the people near them and would speak broadly the same language, but people farther away were just as distant as the people of the continent. Someone from Hampshire was just as different to someone from Norfolk as someone from France. This is not to say there were no unifying factors, though. Henges are seen as far north as the Orkneys, and there is evidence of people from all over the British Isles coming to Stonehenge. Nevertheless, Britain was by no means culturally or politically united. Before the Bronze Age started, there was the or Chalcolithic or Copper Age. This started around 2000- 2400 BCE and shows the development of early metal tools made primarily, as the name suggests, from copper. Tin was also discovered during this period, as well as the large reserves of it in southern England and Ireland. This would later lead to the growth in British industry and wealth. Continental migrants also started to travel to Britain. A notable example of a migrant is the Amesbury Archer, who was born in the Alps around twenty-four hundred, around twenty, around um, two thousand four hundred BCE. He possessed a skill that very few had, the ability to forge metal. At some point in his life, he left his home made the arduous journey across France and over the Channel. He became a notable figure in his new home and died near Stonehenge. What is so notable about the Ainsbury Archer is not his skill nor his journey, but his burial. He was buried alongside another person and was accompanied by pottery, exquisite arrowheads, and most notably, gold. This shows his high status in local society, and some historians have surmised that he might have been the king. In quotation marks, of Stonehenge. I would doubt these these claims, as did the majority of historians. For one thing, the idea of a king did not really exist. People lived in small tribes, and the Andrew, Amosbury Archer would have had to be incredibly powerful to control the area between Stonehenge and Amesbury. In addition, the Amesbury archer was a newcomer, and people lived short lives. It is not likely that someone who lived in that area for, at the very most, ten years, would control any tribe, let alone one so big. The Amesbury archer is also shown to have suffered an injury to his knees that impeded his ability to walk. We don't know, we don't know which side of the channel this happened on though, whether it happened in England or France. He was nevertheless all the weaker in any grab power because of this. He also he was also a metal worker by profession, and would have gained just as much repute and wealth through this through his th- this skill than through, as through leadership. After the end of the charco era, the Bronze Age began. Bronze is made through merging 88% copper and 12% tin, and Britain and Ireland are one of the only places in Europe and the Middle East that makes tin. This led to the south of Cornwall, and by extension the whole of southwest England and the southwest of Ireland, becoming extremely wealthy. Larger communities developed in these areas with with the flat farmland of Southwest England especially seeing large migration. A large part of Stonehenge was developed in this time, probably because of the new enlarged population. It was at this time where, what I talked about at the beginning of this episode, unifications of tribes around the same area started to happen. Large kingdoms, for lack of a better word, started to emerge based on the newly populated lands this was in conjunction with the development of large urban areas such as towns in, in these ti- it is in these tin mining areas where we see the largest concentration of archaeological sites such as henges long barrows and hill forts the latter mostly in ireland if you do not already know what a long barrow is if you do not already know a long barrow is a long straight stone structure built into the ground these are mostly for burial and would serve as a shared tomb the top of the long barrow would be covered in grass and now can look just like a hillock. There are a ton of these near Stonehenge and you can do a short walk around them. If you're passing by, I would recommend it. Even if you're not going to Stonehenge, you can still go on a walk without even paying a penny. The Bronze and Copper Ages saw the advent of a new culture in Britain, the Beaker Culture. This culture came to Britain through migrants such as the Amesbury Archer um, uh, and was originally from the Rhineland and northern France. As the name suggests, the beaker culture was was characterised by pottery and the development of the beaker. It was widespread across all of Europe, crossing the language barrier. The culture was relatively short-lived and and in perpetual decline in Britain from about two one. 2100 BCE, eventually completely disappearing around 1700 BC. That brings us to the end of the Bronze Age, the Bronze Age Collapse. This is a relatively mysterious period, as people stopped recording happenings. The main theory for why the Bronze Age ended is that the Sea People, Sardinian invaders, rather like the Vikings, invaded the main centres of Near Eastern civilization. Egyptian writers documented these raids. Other historians believe that the collapse of Bronze Age society was from a natural disaster such as an earthquake. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy listening. I, I'm, I'll get back to the regular episodes now and and touch on Welsh history up to around seven hundred or eight hundred CE. After that, we will do the same for Scottish and then English history. After that, I'll do a couple of episodes about the Vikings, and then I'll cover late Anglo-Saxon history. I'll then do the rest of the British Isles, and overview the history up to 1066, as it's a large breaking point in the history of the British Isles. That should take me up to around Easter. I'll schedule more from from there. I hope to finish the podcast in its entirety by September 2020, as that's when I'll need to devote my research effort to my education for a while. It will not be an end to podcasting, though. I'll start a new podcast after all of that is over and done with. We've still got a while left, though. Goodbye!